to season five of One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm Anna. I'm a mom, a therapist, a parent coach, and an author. And I'm a daughter and a kick-ass high school student. Each week, we'll discuss a different parenting topic. And we'll interview some amazing guest experts. Our goal is to provide an interesting informational resource for busy parents. While also offering the perspective of a teen. Stay tuned, everyone. Crushed it. Hello everyone and welcome back to One Day You'll Thank Me. I'm Anna and I'm Dr. Tara Egan and today we're going to be talking about teen relationships. Yeah, you're in a teen relationship. I am. So are we going to like reflect on yours or are we going to recognize that you have a boundary about it and like not get into it? Probably a boundary but if I think of things I might mention it but this isn't going to be an episode about my relationship. <laughs> Let's not do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to focus on looking at the characteristics of healthy relationships mm-hmm. and then the opposite end, which we could call it unhealthy, or we can acknowledge that it's abusive. So I have this tool. I showed it to you. It's a, well, I guess it's a resource. And I refer to it a lot when I'm working with teens. It's called the Teen Relationship Workbook. And the author is Carrie Moles, which is M-O-L-E-S. And I don't know, it says it's for professionals helping teens to develop healthy relationships and prevent domestic violence. So it just has a ton of resources. And so I pulled up one in particular that I wanted us to refer back to. And it's basically like on the left side, there's a column that says, is it healthy? And on the right side, there's a column that says, is it unhealthy? And when, as a clinician, when I'm talking to a teen, I don't say, is it abusive? Because that causes there to be immediate defensiveness. And, you know, we want to reject the idea that we could have a partner who's being abusive. But just understand when we use that word throughout this episode, we mean abusive. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to make it sound prettier or make it sound like, oh, you know, like healthy is a salad and unhealthy is brownies. Like, (laughs) it's not something mild. Like, it's it's, it's abusive. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're, if you have a teen in your life and you're seeing that they're in a relationship with some of these characteristics, just be aware. We're going to probably not be able to tackle in this episode, like what to do if your teen's in an abusive relationship. We'll see. We might have some highlights at the end, just kind of where we touch base. Cause I hate having a podcast episode that doesn't have some really good takeaways for, for parents and clinicians. Right. Yeah. All right. So if you're looking at the how healthy is my relationship resource Mm -hmm. and you see the side that says, is it healthy? Tell us some of the characteristics that are in what we would view as a healthy relationship. I see. Have fun together more often than not. Each enjoy spending time separately with your own friends as well as each other's friends. Always feeling safe with each other and trusting each other. Okay. Do you think in a healthy relationship, it's important that you have the same friends? I don't know about the same friends, but I think as long as you guys can like incorporate each other into each other's circles, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. I think that it can be really hard when you are significant other, if their friends completely overlap with your own friends, because Mm -hmm. then if you break up, then you have this friend group where maybe they feel compelled to take sides. Yeah. So it is great if you have another outlet in your life, like maybe you're in a church youth group or you have are on the soccer team or mm-hmm. something somewhere where your partner, like on a girl's soccer team, let's say you're a girl dating a boy, which obviously we don't have to limit to boy girl relationships. It can be 
any gender. Mm -hmm. But in that situation, you might have a partner who doesn't play soccer or they're a boy and you're a girl and you're on an all girls team. And so even though they might know your friends, it's not necessarily going to have the same sort of overlap that that the girl would have. Right. So I do encourage partners to make sure that the relationships, the friendships they have and other activities are like fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always feel safe with each other. How do you interpret that? I just think you should always feel like comfortable and you can be yourself and you aren't in a dangerous situation where you're nervous that you're going to get hurt or you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think of being yelled at too. Yeah. Constantly being in a state that you're worried. Or like walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other things I see are being faithful to each other. If you've made this commitment, which Mm -hmm. sometimes couples haven't, and that's mutually agreed upon and that's fine. They're not exclusive. Right. Supporting each other's individual goals in life, like getting a job or going to college, you going into your senior year, Mm -hmm. you know, you might, as you look around at your friends or, or kids in your school, you might hear a lot of ambivalence about a person growing away from their partner Mm -hmm. and okay, well, if he gets into that music program, you know, he's going to be four hours away. Right. And like, it does this mean that we're not going to be able to be together. And there's naturally going to be emotions that come with that. Mm -hmm. But are you going to ultimately send a message to your partner that I'm happy for you? You know, I know you want this. And so I want this for you. Mm -hmm. Have you heard anything in your friend group, not to name names or anything, where people have ambivalence about somebody's goals? Like someone's hating on somebody else's goals? Yeah, because they're worried about how it impacts them. Not to my knowledge. I mean, a lot of them have the same goals. Like they all want to go to either the same college or they're very like, someone will be like, oh, I want to go into this field. And someone's like, oh, I want to go in this field. And then they'll talk to each other about like how excited they are about their interests and stuff like I, I there usually isn't a lot of talking down to each other it's usually just hyping each other up because they have like a good idea and good intentions and it's exciting to talk about your future yeah yeah okay i'm going to flip it over to unhealthy and kind of look at the the counter mm-hmm. of each of these things so a co- well and some of these aren't exactly parallel right like because the first one says have fun together more often than not and you can flip it to be like you most of the time you don't have fun together doesn't necessarily mean it's an abusive relationship. That could just mean like you're not having a good time. Right. And um, relationship isn't isn't the best for you. Yeah, it's not like fulfilling. Right. One of the themes that I see on the unhealthy or abusive category is that being jealous or accusing the other person of cheating mm-hmm. or cheating right. in order to hurt the other person. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be I remember we were on when we were in Greece. Me and Dylan were talking and he was like, yeah, if my, if I had a girlfriend, she cheated on me, I would, he like did something. He was like, I would find her best friend and cheat on her with her best friend or something. And I was like, what? And I think he was joking. Uh, I think it was like a hundred percent like he was kidding. But like there's people who actually will do that. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. Like revenge. Mm -hmm. Is that revenge sex? No, I don't know. Revenge porn, I think, is when you date somebody, you break up badly, and then you share naked pictures that they've given you. Oh, damn. And that's, like, in many states viewed to be illegal. But the the idea of getting extremely jealous, because once somebody's jealous and expressing jealousy, that often turns into being very controlling of Mm -hmm. the other person. Who are you talking to? Where are you? Why haven't you picked up my calls? Let me look at your phone. I need to go with you. 
Right. Sometimes they'll want to like get a job at the same place as their partner because they're worried that their partner will talk to other people. people, Yeah. Yeah, And like, I want to know where you are and I want to know who you're with. Mm -hmm. Also going back to that, like the goals and the dreams as they might not take that person's goals or dreams or just things they enjoy, like seriously. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so stupid. Why would you even like that? Or I know you're into that, but we're not going to spend any time doing that because it's stupid. I think about like my friend's interests and stuff, and I try to take an interest in them so I have something to talk about and something to enjoy with them. And I can understand like why this is, they think this is great. And then maybe I'll find that it's great. Or like, especially in relationships, you want to lift each other up and you want to support each other. And I think that's always important. Well, I think there's people who feel that any difference from them is scary and foreign. There's a lot of like adult couples and marriages where Mm -hmm. one person does something for themselves. When one husband like cars and the wife doesn't like cars instead of. Are you talking about me? (laughs) So let's talk about my support of my husband's. You, you let him get a car, but then I'm like, you guys should drive it together. Like, no. No, I'm not going to refuse. He hasn't invited me and I'm not going to volunteer. But if he said, hey, let's go for a ride in the Corvette, I would be like, okay, because that's that's me supporting my partner. Good. Okay. Yeah. But he hasn't asked me because he's been doing all his special (laughs) things of getting it cleaned the way he wants it. Mm -hmm. Taking pictures, a lot of picture taking. Well, he says that the, okay, so let's tell our audience, put some context. So my husband is super, super into cars. He belongs to a whole bunch of car pages on Facebook. He's been involved in car clubs. He's gone and raced his cars on the track. And I say cars as though we have like a garage full of cars. We don't. Just over the span of his life as he's had various cars. He's a Mm -hmm. 50-year-old guy. He's had lots of cars. Right. So recently, he bought a Corvette Mm -hmm. very much with my blessing. Mm -hmm. And it's like... If he's listening, he's going to be horrified that I don't know exactly, but it's like a 2001 or 2002. 2001. And it's like a C730 or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a red sports car. It's red. It's very nice. It's, it's very, very nice. been very, very well cared for by mm-hmm. one owner, one owner. So he is thrilled with it. I'm so happy for him that he, he got it. I like, my only caveat was like, hey, let's make sure we clean out the garage because it needs to be stored in a garage. Right. That was like kind of my only, which he's totally done and the garage looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But I don't get it. You know, like I don't, mm-hmm. it's weird. You know, this isn't where I would normally spend money, but I support the fact that this matters to him. Right. And it, he, it brings him so much joy and he connects with other people with a shared hobby. Like as much as I love my husband, I'm never going to be a great audience in the way that his fellow car people are. Yeah. And it's harder for him to be engaged in those activities if he doesn't have his own car. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Your snide comment. (laughs) I prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. All right. So another thing I want to mention is doesn't listen to the other when they talk or criticizes the other person's friends or family that is a very isolating tactic where yes you know this is this person's best friend or they're really close to their brother or their parent and they're like oh my god your brother is so annoying and or your mom is embarrassing or Mm -hmm. i don't even know and then that person ends up feeling 
like they need to disengage from those people to keep the approval of their partner. Mm-hmm. And that is a real red flag. If you're a parent flag, yeah. and you can tell that your child's partner is causing, okay, well, this, you know, our neighbor has been their lifelong friend and suddenly, and they used to like meet up and hang out mm-hmm. two, three times a week. And now all of a sudden three weeks or a month has gone by and there's been no contact and there isn't some amazing reason, you know, like the person isn't away or they are, they didn't even have a specific argument about something like that they, that this partner is having them become more and more isolated. Yeah. So that's a very big red flag for me. For sure. So what are some things, tell us more about healthy relationships. So you need to respect each other's opinions, even when they're different. You solve conflicts without putting each other down or cursing at each other, making threats. And you both take responsibility for your actions. So I love that specific description without putting each other down, cursing at each other and making threats. In every relationship, there's conflict. Like right. It just exists. And mm-hmm. that's okay. It's how you resolve them. It's how you, you know, process together. Yeah. Process the conflict and get to the resolution. And if during the process of being in a conflict, somebody's voice is raised or he says something, you know, like this is bullshit Mm -hmm. or, you know, is not the same as name calling, you know, you are a weak, you know, sour, Mm -hmm. whatever. I'm trying to think of like things I've even seen on TV. I just, I'm not good at insulting people like that, but like, you know, you're garbage, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't, nobody even likes you. Right. You know, nobody would even want to date you if I wasn't dating you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid. You're especially the going back to nobody loves you. Nobody likes you. Mm-hmm. you only have value because you're connected with me. Those seem to be really favorite insults that I hear when I talk to clients and they convey an argument with their significant other. And so instead of saying, I'm upset at you that you were late, I feel disrespected when you told me you were going to be here at three o'clock and you didn't come. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish you would have called me right? or it hurts my feelings when we went to the party and you didn't talk to me. I mean, it just goes back to communication. I mean, you need to have good communicating skills. Yeah. And not everybody is raised in a house. Right. Where they they, do that. Or even the same communication skills. Like, it doesn't mean that one has to be better than the other. It just has to, they're just different. And Mm -hmm. one's not used to the other and just stuff like that. I think that it can be really stressful if when you're in a conflict with somebody, you don't know where you stand. Mm -hmm. They won't tell you or they'll act like, you'll say, are you upset at me? You seem kind of quiet. And they're like, I'm fine. And that might be where, for example, maybe you're around company and you're going to talk about it later. Right. But. The other person's like, well, I I don't know. I tried to hold your hand and you didn't, you jerked your hand away. Like, and the other person's like deliberately withholding an explanation Mm -hmm. to make the other person suffer. I really struggle with that. Yeah, that is very toxic. It's very common. It's Mm -hmm. like, they're not saying hateful words. They're not calling names, but they're sort of in the stonewalling, like withholding of love punishment zone where I'm going to make you kind of beg and please, honey, tell me, like, I don't want you to be mad at me. What did I do? Mm-hmm. And, and then finally the person will, you know, acknowledge, well, that really like, I feel like has a, put someone over like on a pedestal or like has more power than the other. And the other one can like look down and like has more control. And that can be really demeaning and unhealthy and controlling and bad. 
You know, I had a client recently say, well, I was just so worried he was going to leave me. And so she talked about, you know, what she was doing kind of sexually to keep him interested. And this was not a, you know, older person. This was a younger teen Mm -hmm. who really felt compelled to perform sexually because that was a time when he gave her approval. Right. And if she couldn't be in that space with him, he really didn't have a lot to do with her. That's not cool. No, it's awful. Mm. On the abusive side, just because we mentioned sex, is pressuring the other for sex, making sex hurt, or making sex feel humiliating. Mm -hmm. So there are times when, let's say, a partner consents to some sort of sexual activity, but the other person does it in a way that feels demeaning or is deliberately painful, or they know this isn't pleasurable for this person and they're persisting with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it can be confusing because they're like, I went into this interaction consenting. Like I said, yes, I was into it. Mm-hmm. But then the other person is deliberately doing something that makes it feel unsafe and is harmful. Right. So that can feel kind of subtle, mm-hmm. I think. And it can be really, really confusing. This next one I actually see in, in a fair number of adults. As you know, I work with a lot of adults who've been separated or divorced. Mm-hmm. And this next one is, has ever threatened to hurt the other or commit suicide if they leave. So, you know, they'll say, well, I'm in such a dark place. And if you're not with me, I don't know that I can make it. Or they'll write some sort of text that kind of is sort of feels like a goodbye text Mm -hmm. or something like that. And then the other person feels responsible for their life. Yeah. And so then they will be in a space where like, they don't feel like they can, protect their own boundaries and leave the relationship. And honestly, it might not be leaving the relationship. It might be going to soccer practice. Right. It might mean getting off the phone Mm -hmm. at night to go to sleep or finish some homework. And the person is putting such pressure of like, I need you. I can't be safe without you attending to me. And there are some times where somebody's truly struggling with depression or anxiety or, you know, some sort of mental health circumstances that leads them to feel suicidal. It doesn't mean all suicidal statements are manipulative. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, it might be really important for you to get your partner help to reach out to an adult and make sure that they know this person might not be safe. But the idea of like, I'm going to be fine if you stay here and don't spend Saturday night with your friends and just be with me, you know, and then you're with them and they're like managing their emotions just fine. Like, "Mm." I remember there was a couple freshman year who one of them threatened to like kill themselves as the other one broke up with them. And I remember hearing about that and being like, whoa, that is extreme. Like that is what? Mm-hmm. Like I was like flabbergasted. I was like, what? Yeah. Like I I would never want to either one, well, ever I would ever do that or want to be in a relationship that would do that. But like have to rely on someone. Like that, like that just, no, just bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. No. But sometimes this is what's been role modeled in the family. Right. I mean. Or they think that's a good idea to do or they're going to get what they want if they do that. Well, for sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, it's emotional manipulation. Well, 100%. And so at other times it's, you know, really is a product of them struggling with some sort of mental illness. But either way, the romantic partner cannot be placed in that zone of responsibility. Right. Yeah. I do see a lot of kids who will threaten to commit suicide if their parent doesn't give back their phone. Uh, So that's a different, you know, topic because it's not specific to like romantic partnerships, but like that type of emotionally manipulative language is 
for some people, very much used across settings, not just with their romantic partner. You said accepting responsibility for your actions. So obviously the the other side is never doing that or not mm-hmm. doing that enough where you're blaming others for your own behavior. If you hadn't made me mad, I wouldn't have whatever. And so, you know, that idea of, well, if you hadn't done something, then I wouldn't have had to be do something so extreme is language that's used over and over. And once again, we don't just see it in romantic partnerships. We see it in friendships and in families. Right. But if you're hearing that from your partner and you know, hey, I didn't have anything to do with this. Like, I just went to soccer practice. Well, if you hadn't gone to soccer practice, I wouldn't have missed you so much that I punched my hand through the wall. Oh, jeez. You know, or if you hadn't gone to soccer practice, I wouldn't have felt so lonely and worried that you were going to cheat on me with the, you know, whatever, team manager. Mm-hmm. Or if you hadn't taken a ride home from your brother's friend, I wouldn't be sitting here wondering where you were. Yeah. So, okay, let's go to the other side because this is dark. Yeah. Over here. We have both apologize when you're wrong. That's really hard for some people. That's a skill that you learn in a family. Yes. Have equal decision-making power when you do things in your relationship. Each control their own money, and you're proud of each other. So this one is actually proud to be with each other. Oh, proud to be with each other. So in that situation is if you are speaking about your partner as though you find them embarrassing or ridiculous, you know, then this isn't the right partner for you. If you don't feel like your partner is someone that you're you're pleased and proud to be with. Or they're like hiding and they're like, let's just, we're dating, but don't tell anyone. Yeah. Or we'll just meet up when no one's ever around mm-hmm. and they won't acknowledge that you're in a relationship. Right. Now, and it, and you know, specific back to the apology thing is we don't need anybody to be an over apologizer. Mm -hmm. Like that's, if you're in a relationship and your partner's really good at apologizing, but they apologize for everything doesn't mean it's an abusive relationship, but that might be something that you should communicate about is like, it's, there are times where everybody makes mistakes and taking responsibility and apologizing and making amends. Like that's an important part of all relationships and being like just a good person in the world. Right. But if you're finding yourself, you're like, oh yeah, I'm really good at taking responsibility for myself. And in actuality, you're apologizing all the time Mm -hmm. and you're sorry for going to soccer practice and you're sorry for having dreams about going to college and you're sorry that your mom made you get off the phone and get some sleep. Like, you don't need to apologize for those things. You can be like, Oh, I'll miss you. I'll see you tomorrow. But it doesn't need to be something where maybe they're mad at you. And now you have to like make up for it. Right. Cause then that causes, there are times when I see teens who are in relationships and their partner is getting mad at them for doing regular people things Mm -hmm. like getting off the phone to do their homework. And now the, the, the partner who's, who's feeling like, their significant other is angry is like now protesting that they're now telling their parents, like I shouldn't have to get off the phone. I can do my homework while I'm on with my friends. You know, I, I want a later bedtime. Like they're just doing a lot of pushing back against really, just really mainstream rules. Right. Because they're trying to balance what their parents are saying with what their, their partner's expecting. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. If you're a parent out there and like a really mainstream, I don't mean something that you truly are more strict than all the other kids' parents. 
but just like, it's a normal thing when you have to get up at eight to have your lights out at 1130. Like you're not a monster. And they're like, so against it. And they're so angry. And I'd be like, who's on the other side Mm -hmm. of that phone that's making you feel like you have to forego your sleep or kind of having a closure in the night Mm -hmm. because you need to be talking to that other person or that person is like, I need to be the last snap you send each night. Mm. Ugh, makes my skin crawl. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. Okay. Healthy, encourage each other's interests like sports and extracurricular activity. Oh, I didn't want to go back to the equal decision-making about what you do in your relationship. If you have somebody who's making all the decisions about what you do, where you go, where you apply to college, you're spending, you know, your date nights, who you're talking to. And it, that could be very, very subtle because it starts out with like, oh, baby, I, I, I think it would be so much fun to go to the, you know, football game. And that's a request that a partner might be very accommodating toward. Right. And then over time it turns into more and more controlling behavior. And then the partner, and I'm going to be honest, often the female doesn't have any power left Mm -hmm. and doesn't feel, and it can even come down to like a pregnancy where, yeah. Or whether or not birth control is used. Mm. And there are, you know, teens out there who are in a relationship in the, the a pregnancy occurs because it's another form of coercion mm-hmm. and like forced connection. Like it's really hard to break up with somebody that you've had a baby with or have shared a pregnancy with. So that can get, it can get really, really crazy. Yeah. Okay. What other things are in the healthy column? Have privacy. So that means if you have a diary or if you want to make personal phone calls, like you need to respect each other's privacy, have close friends and family who like the other person and are happy about your relationship. Ooh, let's stop there. If everybody or most people in your life don't like your partner, pay attention to that. Yeah. So the only difference is, is if, and this is this is going to be less likely in a teen relationship is let's say you have a partner who's really, really encouraging of you going to college and Mm -hmm. your family members maybe have never gone to college. Maybe they expect you to stay home and help raise the younger children in the family. Go in the family business. Yeah. Or something. And it doesn't mean that that family relationship is horrible and you need to reject it. But in that situation, there can be like, Hey, this is a new person. Mm-hmm. who sort of threatens our way of life. And this makes us very uncertain. But if you're looking at, if you have your your family and then your friends too are like, especially if they're like, he's a jerk. Right. You know, he mistreats you. Like they don't want to invite him to the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't like how he talks to you. And we'll probably have to do it in another show to talk about like, what do we do about this? Mm-hmm. But usually people know when their partner is appreciated and enjoyed by other people. And if you find like, okay, well, my friends like to go on a camping trip and suddenly this year you're not invited because they don't want to deal with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Yikes. That's also isolating. Right. But there are people who aren't going to choose to spend time with somebody, let's say your partner, when they do not like them and Mm -hmm. do not find them enjoyable to be around, even if they really love you. Right. I mean, there's just, everybody's got a limit to that. So it is helpful to tune in to like, what do people think? Are they inclusive of them? 
you know, do they, can they share a laugh with him? Does mm-hmm. he ask about them? Like, let's say you have a friend who, I don't know, their little brother just fell and broke their arm. And they're like, oh, how's, bro- how's the brother doing? Did you talk to her? Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a person who rest- respects and cares about your friends. Right. And, and they're listening to you when they know that there's an important, like, event happening mm-hmm. and and vice versa if mm-hmm. your friend's like hey i heard your boyfriend is applying to college did he get into any yet right like that's a great question to show that they care about your partner and value their like role in your life mm-hmm. so those are things like tune into that and if you do have a partner who is not respecting your privacy or boundaries so it could be like looking at your phone and reading your text it could be you know flipping through your notebook, or if you do have a journal on your computer that you keep or just whatever. But it also could mean just respecting your, your boundaries. Like this this sounds so crazy, but I hear over and over, like, don't come in the bathroom when I'm peeing or, you know, if I'm in the shower and I know not all teenagers are around their boyfriend and girlfriend when they shower, but like, don't pull back the curtain and scare me. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't feel fun to me. It doesn't feel good. Right. You know, don't tickle me. Shower. Yeah, don't, I don't like to be, I have my feet tickled and you keep tickling me and I want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not fun. Right. Like, that's just a n- person. Make appropriate boundaries. It's okay to make boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a client who talked a lot about how they often drove their car. It was the girl and she drove their her car. And he had this really weird thing where he wanted to hold her hand. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't want to hold your hand like I'm driving. Right. And there were some times she was okay with like reaching over and squeezing his hand or, you know, holding. But They're like, at like a red light and it's okay to like. Yeah. <laughs> but he like insisted on it. Um, and she just felt, you know, and she's like, on the one hand, it's like he's trying to like be sweet. But on the other hand, like I just felt so worn out from mm-hmm. riding in the car with him. Right. Because he kept insisting and it was like some marker to him, like, oh, this is how, you know, we're really in a relationship is if we hold hands when we're driving and she's like, it's not safe. It's not necessary. Like we can connect over conversation or singing along to the same music. And it just, I honestly think that's why they broke up was this hand holding thing. That's insane. I don't blame her though. No, that is not only is it just like annoying, but it's also dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, as far as going into the abusive side trying to make the other person feel crazy or play mind games which is you know we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. is gaslighting Mm -hmm. going back and promises acting controlling or possessive like you own your partner i already mentioned this one ignoring or withholding affection as a way of punishing the other Mm -hmm. so that is really common in teen relationships i think there's also like correct me if i'm wrong but there'll be times when me and my boyfriend well, there's something we'll be talking about something and he'll like reach over for a kiss. I'm like, no, you don't. You you just made a joke like about me. And like, mm-hmm. that was stupid. Like, you're not getting a kiss. And then like, eventually he'd be like, no, no. And I'm like, OK, and then I'll kiss him. <laughs> like there's like flirtatious ways of doing it. Yeah. But then if you're like actively, I feel like using it as like not a weapon, but like a it is a weapon, a way of hurting each mm-hmm. other. Like, I feel like like I, I would never be like, well, I'm not going to kiss you for the rest of the day because you said that like. Just, well, uh, okay. So obviously, if the rest of the day you didn't feel like kissing him, mm-hmm. then of course you don't have well, to. Yeah. But if it's like, well, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to punish you for having a viewpoint that's different from my own by ignoring you or withholding affection or something mm-hmm. like that. Then I think that is in the unhealthy range. Right. Like there are times where couples, they get into an argument and they need a little space. 
Right. Like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And you hang up the phone and you don't talk till the next day mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that's not the same as, you know, doing this thing where you're like, I haven't gotten enough attention from my partner because they're so focused on, you know, because we're at the, the soccer team party. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore him until he's following me around mm-hmm. frantically worried that I'm going to break up with him. Or he's watching me talk to one of the guys on his team in a really friendly way, but then I'm giving him the cold shoulder. That is really Mm -hmm. scary and unhealthy for that that person. Right. I do want to mention alcohol or drugs. Mm -hmm. If people use getting high or overindulging in alcohol, getting drunk as a reason for why they're acting hurtful. So it could extend to some sort of physical aggression, but it could just be, you know, they got drunk and now they're making fun of you at a party Mm -hmm. or, you know, they got drunk and they were supposed to pick you up and they just, you know, didn't come. And now you're sitting in the dark on the curb after work thinking he's coming to get you. Mm -hmm. Like those are things that are, you know, really concerning. And while I'm glad that drunk person didn't come and pick up that person in a car, it still was something that hurt the person and was not, it wasn't, it wasn't good partnership. Mm Mm-hmm. So I do want to mention drugs and alcohol and then make sh- making sure that you respect each other's boundaries about it. Mm-hmm. If one person doesn't want to drink, doesn't want to get high or doesn't want to go to a party where they're just hanging out with a bunch of drunk people. Now, it doesn't mean that you tell your partner they can't go, but right. you might say, hey, this is one of those nights that you do your thing with your friends and I'll do my thing with my friends or mm-hmm. I'll go and get homework done or spend time with my parents or whatever. Or your kittens or your puppies. Yes, that's what you do is mm-hmm. you lay around with all your animals. Mm-hmm. What else? I when I, I also like I don't see this on the list, but I wanted to bring it up. I think lying is also a little unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's like not anything important, like if it's like, oh, hey, did you? I don't know talk to so-and-so today, and then they're like, no, I haven't, and then you go and ask the person, and be like, oh, so you haven't talked to so-and-so all day? And they're like, yeah, we've talked at one. And I'm like, but they told me that you weren't. Yeah, and um, you weren't asking the second person to, like, spy on your right. partner. It was just like, part oh, of the conversation. Yeah. Like, that just means, like, I don't know if that's, like, alarming. Like, it's not something bad. It's just kind of like, why, why lie? And if you're lying about something so subtle and unimportant, like, are you lying about more important things? Well, I think that it goes back to trusting your partner, trusting that they're going to keep their promises, that they mean what they say. Mm -hmm. And so for you, it sounds like a boundary you have is someone being untruthful to you. Yeah. And so it can make you sort of feel like you don't know which end is up. Like, wait, did you guys talk about getting together tonight or did did you not? Mm -hmm. Like, like, which is it? Now, I'm going to give you a little a little discussion point okay are you ready mm-hmm. okay so what this is is like a couple scenarios and then you say like what you'd be most likely to do okay okay so your partner announces he's planning a night out with friends on friday you one tell your partner to have fun you'll miss your regular friday night together but you haven't had a night out with your friends in a while either B, are a little hurt and tell your partner you want to spend time together and thought he felt the same. After discussing it, you realize your partner does want to be with you, but agree that both of your friendships are important too. C, tell your partner, if you really loved me, you would want to spend all your time with me like I do with you. You know, if you make him feel guilty enough, you'll get your way. 
D, get furious. You hate your partner's friends because they're always trying to break you two up and you know he's probably planning to hook up with someone else. You tell your partner, if he doesn't spend Friday night with you, it's over. Mm. I would definitely say A. I would say B in scenarios where you say like, oh, we're going to do something on Friday and then after like you made plans, he's like, just kidding, I am actually going to go hang out with my friends. Then I feel like I'd be a little hurt Mm -hmm. and I'd have to talk to them and be like, I thought we had plans and it... It's a little hurtful that you canceled our plan to have other plans. Like, I understand you want to spend time with your friends, and I can go do the same thing. But, it, like, just things like that, I feel like. So some maybe. of it had to do with what your original expectation right. was. Or, like, but if it's, like, you know, a Monday, and they're like, hey, I think Friday night I'm going to spend the night at my friend's house, and we're going to go, whatever, do play bowling. And I'm like, okay, cool, have fun. I'm going to go over to so-and-so's house, too. I'm yeah. Like, cool. But it's like, whereas if you guys talked about going to the movies Friday night mm-hmm. and now it's Thursday and they're like, never mind, I'm yeah. going to go with friend. And then you might feel like your feelings might be hurt. Yeah. So, But even so, like, I don't think my feelings would be like so hurt and be like, I don't think I'd get furious or be like, if you really, like, yeah, I feel, like, ultimatum. I feel like, be like, okay, but next time, can you not cancel our plans or maybe make plans a little bit sooner so that I have enough time to make plans too? Or, you know, like do mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. I feel like, is that the right answer? Well, I mean, I I think so. I can see, you know, what I what I want people to communicate well enough is so you don't have a partner that's waiting around for you. Yeah. So if you have a partner who's kind of like, oh, so-and-so's having a, a guy bowling night, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, it's not. And even if you made plans, like even if they say, hey, I know we made plans for Saturday, mm-hmm. but friend told me about this guy's bowling night and i'm wondering if we could reschedule and do it friday night or mm-hmm. go next weekend instead and then and so i totally can totally understand that's like good communication yeah, totally but if it's just like a careless like i know you've been waiting around for this date all week but i'm just gonna blow you off and mm-hmm. act like your feelings don't matter in this because you know you just wait around for the next time i'm free right that vibe isn't usually doesn't usually feel good mm-hmm All right, let's do one more because this episode is getting a little long and I want to make sure we close it out. So your partner just told you that he's been accepted to a great college in another state. You, A, have been keeping your fingers crossed since you helped your partner with the college applications because you know that this is a great opportunity even though you'll miss him. B, act happy, but you can't help feeling disappointed. You had hoped your partner would go to a local school so you could be together. C, tell your partner he's making a mistake, will probably flunk out, and you might not be around when he gets back. You hope this will change his mind. Or D, tell your partner he's going over your dead body. Oh, 100%. I feel like, especially college decisions as a senior, it's so exciting to, you know, get accepted and to to go through the whole process and have an exciting future. And I, 100% A, I feel like it's all all good things. I think you have very much the mindset of like, you know, and I I feel like your boyfriend does too. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to derail your future plans for your current relationship. And so. Which I think we've set that boundary since we started dating. Yeah. I think it's a good boundary. Yeah. And you know, there might be a college you end up at that where you know some people, but I want you to make a decision that's right for you, regardless of who else goes there. Mm-hmm. I've definitely heard of teens who are like, well, I think I'm going to go to this college because I know a person who will room with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, that's tough to like 
put the whole decision yeah, like go to us because you have a, a roommate and it's like oftentimes not even somebody they know that well like, like right. your whole college experience is going to be shaped by the fact that you want to be able to have some degree of knowledge about your roommate before you go but you know for some kids that's a really really difficult part of college is right. having to room with somebody they don't know i don't think you'll have a problem with that Mm-mm. all right so this episode, we're talking about like kind of looking at characteristics of healthy versus unhealthy or abusive relationships. We will have a follow-up episode. Prob- it probably be a little bit of a wait because this is one of our very last episodes of season five. And I kind of would like to have somebody, an expert weigh in with us. I'm oh, like, 100%. what do we do? What do we create? Yeah. Cause I don't consider myself an expert in it, but like, what do we do as a parent if we see our kids are heading in this direction where they're with a partner that is controlling them is, mm-hmm. you know, making them feel badly about themselves is causing them to, to step away from other relationships or activities. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't even really talk that much about the partners who quit the soccer team completely, oh, or they okay. stop going to the tutoring sessions in the morning, or they, you know, leave their job because the other person is distressed at the amount that this other activity takes away Mm -hmm. from the relationship. And so there's kids who are really not just feeling the pressure or having their partner be angry, but are actively making changes in their life to accommodate this abusive person's preferences. Mm -hmm. So we need to kind of have that be its own episode of like, what do we do about that? So if this feels relatable to you, you know, please send us an email, visit us at egancounselingandconsulting.com you know, shoot me an email and let me know, because if there's a particular question you have and we're able to access, which we will, an expert who can speak to this, then, you know, any, any specific questions we can answer, we want to. Mm-hmm. 100%. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Every Wednesday. Yep. Love you, mom. Love you too, sweetie.